All right, here we go. Another brand new edition of Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. Flyers go down to Montreal last night. We'll get into that. We'll have Steve Coates coming up in a couple of minutes. Before we get to the meat and potatoes of the conversation, let me tell you about Park Sportsbook. Um, this is as good of a time as any. There is a lot going on. You just had the conference championships in, in college hoops. You've obviously got the tournament starting. Tons to bet on. You've got the remainder of the hockey season right into the playoffs. You've got pro hoops. Now we've got baseball on the horizon. So a great time to get in on the action and no better place to put your action than with the Park Sportsbook app. So download it, put it on your iPhone or your Android. Uh, check it out. Just kind of see all the different ways you can bet, how easy it is to navigate. Like, there's just two, two things here about the Park Sportsbook app. You do, first of all, you don't have to be an expert on gambling, on getting action in on games and in-game betting and props and parlays and teasers and you know I, everything, player performances. That part. And then there's the technical part of navigating the app, which is simple as well. So it's not going to overwhelm you. If you want to get in on the action, download the app. It's real simple. And all you got to do once you download it is open up an account deposit, which again is simple, no promo required. And your first bet is going to be risk-free up to $500. So again, you got the tournament coming. You've got the remainder of uh, the pro hoop season. You've got the remainder of the hockey season into the playoffs for both of those. And you've got baseball on the horizon and football not far off. So you can get in on whether whether you want to go old school and just bet, hey, a money line or a spread, that's fine, or a parlay or a teaser, that's cool. But if you want to get in live in-game play-by-play betting, if you want to get in on player performances, first to score, exact score, over-unders on points, assists, you name it, it's all there for you. And it's a lot of fun. Goaltending, I mean, you can bet on everything. So make sure you check it out, and uh, you'll find the experience very easy to use and uh, very satisfying. And check us out on Thursday as well. Get uh, Tones plays on Tones takes here on Stick to Hockey Live. And he'll be uh, coming up again this Thursday. He's had a great year. So check it out. Get the Park Sportsbook app. Deposit first bet risk-free up to $500. Make sure you follow the Park social channels at uh, Park Sportsbook on Twitter. Follow on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as well. Well, there you'll get great content. You'll get daily specials. Natalie, uh, Natalie Eganoff and Sam Wilson and you know, stick to hockey live and AGs and all kinds of great content. So make sure you follow those social channels again at Twitter on Twitter at park Sportsbook on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. So check it all out there and get the park Sportsbook app. All right. So this episode, it's a Monday. It's the day after the flyers lose that game against the Montreal Canadians. And what an incredibly frustrating loss. They found ways to lose games, whether it's that Pittsburgh game that they were up four to two in Pittsburgh uh, in February, and they find a way to get that game to overtime, and eventually Latang scores in overtime to give Pittsburgh a 5-4 win. Whether it's that Washington game where the Flyers are up 3-2 late, and then Garnet Hathaway scores two goals, and you end up losing that game 5-4 against the Washington Capitals, that giveaway right in front to Hathaway that tied the game. Or it's the Minnesota Wild game where you had a lead. I mean, there's these games littered throughout the schedule and results of this entire season where you just go, how the heck did they lose that game? And last night against Montreal may be the, the pinnacle of bad losses in a season littered with bad losses. Those other ones I just mentioned, they're bad, and they're recent too. But the one against Montreal last night, in a game where you have a 3-2 lead late, and you're on the power play, there's a penalty taken with a minute to go on a hit on Joel Farabee. Flyers are on the power play, so naturally the – the, the, the face-off is in the Montreal zone with a minute to play, and you have a 3-2 lead. 
That's the kind of the scene setter. Minute to play, 3-2 lead. You have a man advantage. They can't get the goalie out right away because the faceoff, again, is in their zone, five on four. They turn the puck over in the offensive zone. Montreal goes the other way, is able to obtain the zone easily. Flyers are trailing the play. Eventually, Ristolainen slides to block a pass and does so. Goes into the end boards hard and is a bit slow to get up. Then it's a loose puck that Sandheim gets, but it has Sherratt on him right away. He loses that puck. And eventually they get it in front to Rem Pitlick, who puts it in and ties the game. And you look at the play, and you know Sandheim needs to be better with that puck and not turn it over in the first in the offensive zone and then the D zone. Then you look at Derek Broussard that just got lost out there. He got lost. He's got to pick up net front. And he didn't. Giroux flows to the to the side where Sandheim is and being challenged by Sherratt, because as the center, you got to support there. That's his job. And even though Atkinson's trailing the play, his job is to come in and pick up the high, the high side of it and the D-man. And he's pretty much in position to do that. You know, I don't love when defensemen take, you know, get off their edges and lose that control in a slide. In that situation, Mike Yo said he he made it the, the right play and a good play. And he did he didn't make the play. So if you if you're gonna slide, you damn well better get the puck. You better mute the pass. He did. And he I know a lot of people are blaming him because he's the guy that's got the big target on him. He just signed a new contract and the analytics community is going to point to that. But to me, he's about the fourth most culpable guy on that goal. But the most cul- the two most culpable are Sandheim and Broussard. Broussard just gets lost out there and Rem Pitlick's behind him net front. And eventually they got Suzuki going there as well. They get the pass to him and it's in the back of the net. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me that you're on a power play in their zone and they get a rush opportunity the other way and tie the game. Like, how does this just keep happening? So let's go to overtime because here's another source of frustration. We know by now, as long as three-on-three has been in the league, the strategy to three-on-three is possession. So much so that you want to have possession of the puck, control it, and limit the other team's opportunity to change as well because you can catch them on tired legs because you can change when you have the puck. You're controlling it. The other team can't because they can't attack without it. And the Flyers win a D-zone draw after the power play had expired in overtime. They had a minute of power play time, four on three, and you're back to three on three. And they have, in, they have possession of the puck coming up the left side of their boards in the zone. And there's no rush to get up the ice. There's no reason to rush. You're not going up to score you know, with 10 seconds left, it's not the situation. There's three and change. So there's no rush to get up the ice. You get the puck, you should recoil, get your three players set up, get it in a flow and attack. But they try and rush up the ice. Morgan Frost tries to get a puck to Farabee, hits off his foot. Now the puck is in peril. The puck is at risk. And in the three on three, the only thing that matters is possession of the puck. That's how everything is predicated. They lose the puck. Montreal goes the other way. Pitlick makes a great pass to Cole Caulfield. He jumps right off the Montreal bench and is not picked up. Lack of awareness. Provorov can't get over there to mute the shot from Caulfield. And what do we know about Cole Caulfield? He can shoot the damn thing. He wires it, beats Hart, overtime win for Montreal. And it's just incredibly frustrating. Mike Yo absolutely lit into his team post game, And... You know, I listened to it last night, and Mike said, you know, we're going to have to start 
moving guys down in, in the lineup. We're going to have to start healthy scratching guys, put them in the press box. And he said, veterans and young players, it, nobody's immune here. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how you, you got to find a way to leave all of this baggage inside this season, because there's a lot of baggage here. And I credit Mike Yo for being incredibly transparent, wearing his emotions on his sleeve, because you can't come into a press conference and say, yeah, we did some good things. And, you know, that's hockey, bad things happen. No, no, no. He, he doesn't do that. And he's come in there and said, you know, I'm the fourth guy up here saying that this stuff's got to stop. And talking about accountability and being a good teammate and knowing the situation and not making those mental errors at key times in games. But here we are. We're in this situation. And, you know, the message that Mike sent last night in that postgame press conference was strong. After the Minnesota Wild game, I guess about nine or ten days ago, he was really talked about having uncomfortable conversations with the team. I wonder how the team reacts to that press conference after the game last night. Frankly, they should feel the exact same way. You know, guys want to win. And Mike said this in the post game too. You know, you can go out there and play the way you want to play, or you can go out there and play the way winning hockey is played. And in a situation where you're up a goal and you're on the power play and the faceoffs in their zone, it's not about putting the puck in their net. It's about doing everything you can to keep the puck in their zone 200 feet away from your net so they can't tie the game. That's the situation. You play the game different when you're up by a goal than when you're down by a goal. And they let the team that was down by the goal get control. And at the professional level, that shouldn't happen. Frankly, it shouldn't happen at the peewee level. It shouldn't happen at Bantam, Midget, Junior, Collegiate, in the AHL, or certainly not the NHL. But it did. And that's why everybody is just pissed off and frustrated and deflated. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, this trade deadline's coming up a week from today. We'll see where it goes. We'll see if that can be a reset for the group that remains, who goes and who stays. I mean, Jeru said something post game that I thought was really interesting. He said, we still have some meetings to, I still have to have some meetings with management um, about what the plan is, you know, this year and beyond. I don't, I don't, maybe he is considering coming back or staying. I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what to think of all of it right now. That's after a really bad loss that he had those comments, and he did say this is the worst season of his career, and it has been not not from an individual player standpoint, but from a team standpoint. And he he's a guy that is willing to do the right things and play the right way to win. He was actually good in the game. You know the shame about it too is Frost kind of turns that puck over in overtime. He's part of that turnover. He played a good game on the wing with Drew and Konechny. Had a great assist to Drew for his 900th point, but ultimately it ends up in a loss. You can't celebrate that Frost had a good game when it comes in a loss like that. You can't celebrate anything. Yeah, Frost had a good game. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You lost that game in overtime. They had no business losing. You ripped defeat from the jaws of victory. I don't know. It's incredibly frustrating. Um, one last thing, too, before we get to Steve Coates. You know, Every time Ristolainen makes a mistake on social media, 
it's going to be accentuated. And a lot of people were pointing out that uh, he, he was at fault for the game tying goal because, you know, maybe they're staunch analytics people and that helps fit their narrative. I, I put out a tweet or in the first period, they had a penalty kill and wrist line. And I think it was out there for about a minute 50 of the two minutes. And in that penalty kill, had two great block shots. He had two great zone entry denials and a big hit. And I put it out there and it, it wasn't me forcing my agenda. It was just a, a sequence of plays that happened on that penalty kill. It was a really good penalty kill for him. He had a rough night overall. And when I put that out, people were going, oh, the ultimate homer take. He's the, Look, when you see something and it's good, you point it out. And then later in the game when he got walked by Suzuki on that second goal in the second period where he's way overly aggressive against a, a crafty player like Suzuki along the wall and takes himself out of position and off balance, and eventually Suzuki scores, that's a bad play, which I pointed out as well. But what I'm saying is I understand everybody's frustrated, but as a fan base, there's factions, obviously, but we're cannibalizing ourselves and we're making ourselves more miserable. What's happened on the ice has made us miserable enough. Let's not turn on each other as observers, fans, analysts, whatever you want to call yourself, and make it more miserable because what's already happening out there is rough enough on all of it. We all want the same thing, but we're turning on each other. So just wanted to say that. Let's get them to him right now uh, from the Flyers Broadcast Network, one of the great guys that I've had a chance to interact with uh, professionally and uh, a guy that always makes me just laugh and smile no matter what's going on because he's a great man, good hockey man, and he joins us right now on Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. It's the one and only Steve Coates. Coatsy, what's going on? Jason, how are you this morning? How you doing, Coatsy? You hanging in there after what you know took place last night? That was tough. I don't think I've ever seen that before, Jason, where you have a power play with 42 seconds to go in the with the face-off in the op, in the offensive zone, five on four, and he got scored upon. Yeah. Uh, it kind of just fits in a little bit what you're just saying that what can go wrong has gone wrong. Um I got to the five-minute mark last night. They said, I don't think, I mean, we're at that point now where everybody's looking over their shoulder right now because this is when doomsday comes in. And you figure, okay, they get a penalty with a minute to go or whatever it was. It's done. It's over. And two passes. It took two passes to get into the offensive zone of the Flyers. And then after that, the breakdown where you've got Rem Pitlick all by himself in front of the net with an extra attacker, an extra man than they have. Um, I can't even explain it. I haven't had an opportunity yet. I, I recall exactly what happened, the two passes. I mean, it just came right down the near boards and when all of a sudden it was in our zone. Yeah. But after that, and I'm not trying to say that I was right. I'm just telling you what I described about the fact that when you're in a situation like that, you don't, and you're away from the puck. The puck carrier is taken care of by whoever's checking the puck carrier. Yep. What you got to do is you got to look around for somebody that's open. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to say, I'm in the zone. That's great. But you have to nullify the player. You have yeah. to nullify the stick. Somehow you got to make sure that that person isn't recipient of a pass. And uh, we got caught staring again. That's yeah. exactly what happened. And and it happens. I, I, I just couldn't have, I couldn't see anything like that. In my whole life, I've been in this business where that happened with a uh, extra man. Yeah. I mean, under a minute, too. 
in, in that game. It's like you're finding new ways to lose. Coach, you know, you've been in this game a long time. I have as well. And I remember in squirt, coach is saying one goal game in between the second and third period. Guys, this is not the time to take a risk. You know, we have a lead. We, let's play like we have a lead. You play different ways at different stat points in the game. You don't want to sit back because you will get buried. But you, you have to understand that in that situation, you can't get beat up the ice because you don't put yourself in a position to get beat up the ice because you have a lead. You support the puck. You're on the right side of the puck. And like you said, everybody's got to pick up a man. Being there isn't good enough. Being there and doing something and and muting the opportunity is what needs to be done. And I think that's what Mike Yo's talking about when he says, you know, you can play the way you want to play or you can play the way that winning hockey is played. Well, that that's absolutely correct. And I, I love Mike Yo's comments last night. He says, well, maybe I got to start sitting people down. Well, that's all part of accountability. You give, obviously, the veterans always got that extra uh, edge as far as getting ice time. Yep. Getting on a power play has got to be deserving, rewarding. Uh, all those things that, you know, you can't keep watching the same guys doing the same things all the time. And I think that Mike kind of said that, hey, listen, maybe we'll try something different now. We've tried this. And I use on the air all the time TPS, time, play, score. It was an expression that was taught to me years ago by an assistant coach, Tommy Webster, who sadly has passed away. And time, play, score means if it's five minutes left to go, like last night. Yep. Okay, let's get it. 42 seconds to go. Time. All right. So now you understand what your circumstances are, how much time you need to kill to win the hockey game. Place. The face-offs in the Montreal zone. Perfect. The score. You're up one. All right. So we got it in the offensive zone. All we got to do is kill 42 minutes. They got four guys. We got five guys. Let's make sure we do a good a good job. The best job you can do is keep the puck in the offensive zone. I really 200 feet care. away. Yep. <laughs> I don't care about scoring there. Nope. Okay. I, I care more about not getting scored upon. Yep. And it didn't work. And I imagine that, you know, the coach can't do anything. Okay. My, Mike yo is absolutely helpless in that circumstance because all he can do is prepare. All he can do is put the players out and then go from there. And it's just like unbelievable. The players that have been around the National Hockey League and, and they're the be the first ones to say to you last night, that was embarrassing. Flat out embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, Coatsy, you know, Broussard is a guy they're trying to move at the deadline. And a couple games ago, he had that high flip that he tried with a couple seconds left in a period, up a goal, and it doesn't get out, it's turnover, it ends up in the back of their net with two seconds left. On a puck where he wasn't pressured, he could have just turned into the corner and ate it. It's just a bad decision. And you don't expect a guy that's played over 900 games and 120 playoff games to make that decision. And then he got lost in the woods again last night out front and doesn't pick up Rem Picklick at all. And, you know, I understand that the notion of, of healthy scratching guys or moving them down in the lineup. But when you're trying to move a guy in the final week to the deadline, that's a tricky situation, isn't it? Uh, you're devaluing knows what. <laughs> You know what Broussard brings. I don't think one play or two plays is going to affect our thought process or any other draft uh, situation, not draft situation, but trade situation with all yeah. the scouts. I mean, we've had multiple scouts in our building over the last month because of oh, the circumstances yeah. and, and the ability of the of our players to be taken. Broussard's been around. I, 
I think Broussard's done a great job, quite honestly. He had a couple of boo-boos when it comes to defense, but yeah, I mean, he he's a, a, a center that can help you. He's a center that can score you goals. So if you're way. looking for a fourth-line center or maybe even a third-line center, he would certainly be of help, and it wouldn't be of, of a, a lot of cost. Uh, is it disappointing to see a veteran that's been with so many teams and been around over 900 games in the National Hockey League? Does he make those, those mistakes? Yeah, it is, but it's the game of hockey. It's a game of mistakes. Uh, basically that's been the tale of the tape this season where it's the mistakes and, 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 and the miscues in their own zone that just continue to haunt them. It's not like, it's just like perfect for what's happened this season of when you lose all these players, other players come in, you get a so-so, uh, performance but the bottom line is is that it's just what can go wrong does go wrong and when you're losing games it's the bus ride it's the plane ride it's your skates it's my shoulder pads it just becomes it escalates and this isn't the first time it's happened to any team of any sport it happens and when it starts rumbling downhill it, it's it's non-stoppable but i would like to think that once the trade deadline is over, and I don't know why this becomes such an important date, but once the trade deadline, I nobody likes to get traded. But once that trade deadline's over, you would like to think, okay, let's settle down. We got X number of games. I think there'd be what, 19, 18 games by then. Let's yeah. settle down and let's finish on a good note. Got a big road trip, win a couple of games on the road. The goaltending's solid. You got no problem with the goaltending. Yeah. Let's just go out and, and let's finish good. Let's be professionals and represent the logo. Yeah, and we and you can say, we know who's here for the remainder of the time. There's there's this element of uh, unknown right now of who's going to be here, who's not going to be here. Is this guy going to get extended? Is this guy going to get moved? Who's coming up? Who's going down? Once you get to that deadline, you got to almost lock in your roster based on health and go, this is what it is, guys. Let's let's try and go into this offseason feeling a little good about something and what's been a miserable year. But but Coatsy, the one thing is, you know, I look at the overtime goal as well. And I hate the obviously the shorthanded goal to tie it to even get it to overtime. But three on three is all about, and I hate the three on three, but the three on three is all about possession. And they have they have possession of the puck. They're coming up the left side in their D zone, but they seem to be in a rush to get up the ice. And Three on three is not about being in a rush. You see guys back out of the offensive zone to reset and come in with flow with three players on three players. But Morgan Frost tries to give a pass to Joel Farabee. It hits a skate. Now it's a loose puck. They lose that battle. Caulfield comes off the bench. Provorov can't get there in time, and he wires it and scores. But again, look, that's a young player making that mistake, and there's some frustration with Morgan Frost. But, I mean, it's all about possession. I. I don't uh, disagree at all. I mean, that's, you got to keep the puck when you don't have the puck, one person on the puck carrier, the other guy's got to get the other players, basically one-on-one yep. -on -one hockey. It's man very, very man. simple. Yep. That's what it is. If, if I don't get the puck or I'm not uh, checking the puck, I got my man. I'm going to follow him everywhere he goes. He might go behind the net. He might go back to the blue line. I got to stay with him. Um, that's just the way the game's played on three on three. It took the league. It's interesting when the three on three came in, everybody had a different idea of what the strategy was going yeah. to be. And that was when it was really wild and woolly because there was all sorts of people going on breakaways. It was but now rush, they rush, it rush. Out. <laughs> Each yeah, end. And, they, and they figured it out. They don't need to rush. 
If they don't like what they see when they go in the offensive zone, they'll go back in the neutral zone, regroup, and come back in again. Yeah. All about possession. That that uh, overtime goal was, I'll tell you what, I think uh, Rem Pitlick was having must eyes in his back and head because he was coming towards us as far as the broadcast booth and in that near boards. Yeah. And he's being checked. And all of a sudden, he fires it back to the wing where Cole Caulfield just came over the bench. Oh, I yeah. said, what's he got, eyes in the back of his head? Because after that puck was, you know, you lose the puck, then you got trouble. Now you've broken down, and the team that's getting the puck is going to have an advantage because you've broken down. Yeah. And that's what happened. That's what Caulfield had all all the time in the world. That's a hockey play. I'm, I mean, do you hate to see it in an overtime. You hate to see it, but... It just falls right into what happens. You make mistakes. And the mistake was right there is that you 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 got you weren't careful with the puck. Yeah. You put zone. the puck in peril. Yeah. It, and you didn't well, risk to. is the word. Yeah. Risk is the word. Yep. Do everything in your power when you're leading not to be risked or taking risks. I don't care what zone it is. Offensive zone, neutral zone, defensive yep. zone. You've got to make sure that you protect the puck. If that puck is not protected then you're going to create opportunity and the opportunity can't be there. That's the, that's why the number, if you look at percentage wise, when teams leading after two, the numbers are staggering about leading and winning. Yeah. And it's like exactly 94%. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it, 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 it's just fascinating to me. And this team, like I said, I, when it goes downhill, it's hard. And, I got. I feel for him the fact when you lose four centers, four centers, not like two. You lose all your starting centers to start this season: Broussard, Thompson, Couturier, and Hayes. You you, you can't survive like that in this level. No. You can't. Oh, you can call kids up, and but you know, you got quality guys. You got big guys that are going to play the game properly, and. They feed the wingers. The wingers score goals, and everybody's happy. We all go home. When you lose that, and then on Ellis, you lose Ellis. It's no different than losing Niskanen. You lost Niskanen. You didn't really get anybody. You bring in Ellis because he can play the game properly. He's a, a top-notch defenseman. You lose him. It's just really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to compete in the National Hockey League when you don't have your personnel. Yeah, I say I always say next man up in sports is like a cute saying, but the next man up is not the man. <laughs> you know, you could maybe survive a game or a couple of games or a stretch, but ultimately the guy that you lost, that's the main guy, your number one center or your, your two C uh, they're that because it's earned. And when it's not that guy and you're down in your depth chart to your fifth or sixth rank center, eventually you pay the price for that. Well, yeah, it, it, <laughs> and they it have. catches up with you, you know, yeah. the law of diminishing returns. I mean, yep. Sooner or later, it catches up with you. And uh, the mood, the mentality in the, in the in locker room, these are good guys. They love – they they want to go out and do a good job. Yep. They, they come to the rink. They're hockey players. They're professional hockey players. They got to this level because they're good and they got a great attitude, so they're going to go out and they're playing. This isn't working right now. It doesn't – it wasn't working for a while because of all the injuries, and you can't survive. Do I think this needs to get blown up? Absolutely not. I think you're fine. I got to do a couple of tinkerings that Chuck's going to have to do. And I truly believe that that'll be all taken care of. I think that uh, Mike Yo's done a great job. 
I mean, he's been there before. He's been with St. Louis. He's been with Minnesota. He understands. But when you get handed something like this, where it's grenade, <laughs> it's a, a, an out of control truck. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard. All he can do is prepare. All he can do is tell him. Right now, you can see the difference in this hockey club in the in defending. That they're doing a better job at defending in their zone. They're keeping the shots to the outside. Um, but then all of a sudden there'll be a mistake, and bang, the puck's in the net. And that's the difference. Coatsy, is there a way? I mean, even after the trade deadline, like you mentioned, like all these things are compounding and building up. It's like the snowball building up size and speed coming down a hill. Is there a way to even slow down the snowball in season? Not that they're, you know, they're not making the playoffs or anything like that, but just to feel better. I mean, is there so much scar tissue inside this season in the way that they found to lose games that you can almost, that, that you can have any time to, to start to change that? I mean, there's got to be a cultural tipping point. Right. And I think, well, that's what I was looking for. That's why I brought up the fact that I was looking for that trigger point, Jason, to be the deadline. deadline. Give yourself a goal. Um, You're going on right after the deadline date. You're on a five day road trip, five game road trip. Yeah. Starting with Detroit. Um, And you just peck away and peck away at it. I think that Mike has pecked away at um, uh, the defensive zone. He's done a good job with it. Um, the, the power play, I think that he said it last night. I'm I'm just repeating what he said. He's going to have to decide if he wants to keep the same guys on the power play. Yeah. Because, and the penalty kill. I mean, it's just, special teams has been a huge problem. Yeah. You can't win hockey games if you're not stopping power plays. And you can't win hockey games if you're not scoring on the power play. And that's been a major Achilles heel. So, his last line of i mean uh, uh, like not defense but his next move as he mentioned that he has to start changing people yeah the hammer of ice time is the ultimate hammer the only thing you have holds yeah it really is it could have been like i missed it by one year when springfield when eddie shore on the team in springfield if you didn't play like if you didn't dress that night you had to sell popcorn well Oh man, that, I'm thinking I missed that by a year. I was there 76, 77. And he was running at a 75, 76. Maybe that's not a bad idea, Coatsy. If you don't play, you clean under the bleachers. Oh, yeah, that'll go. That's all gonna go rapid. Now, Coatsy said they should start selling popcorn. <laughs> It'd be motivation, that's for sure. Nobody wants to sell. Well, popcorn. you know what? Motivation. Some guys need to be motivated. Yeah. I mean, some guys have the talent to go out and play the game, but they kind of like, like Rick McLeish was an absolute outstanding hockey player. Okay. Yep. Great skater, had a shot. The wrist shot was spectacular, but he was kind of methodical in what he did. And he had to be kind of prompted a little bit. And it's nothing wrong with that. It's just the way, way it is. So, you know, that's what you have a team for to motivate each other, to make sure that you go out as a group to be able to do a good job. Yeah, and, and everybody's got a different personality. You can be a competitor, but not be a guy that's always super serious. There's guys that you need to keep it light. There's guys that you need to be serious as a heart attack at all times. Uh, let me ask you, you know, you're on the road with the team. And in a season like this, it can be really tough. You know, the plane, like you mentioned, bus rides. They Nothing is comfortable. It's not fun to go to the rink. And, you know, everybody plays this game initially because – you just want to be at the rink. You want to be around the boys. You want to win. You want to compete. You have all those different elements. And when things are going just haywire like this, 
every element becomes arduous. What's it been just been like from, you know, kind of an on the road standpoint as well, even though you guys are barely well, on the road lately, but still. When you lose, we haven't won this year on the road. So that's a little depressing. And, you know, you don't have anybody. Uh, there's no noise. Like when you come back, the lights will go off. The card game might be up a little bit. There's some lights, but the other guys are all with the lights off. I mean, it, it's 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 hard. It's yeah. hard. And nobody, not only are you losing for the Philadelphia Flyers organization and the logo, which is a very proud uh, logo in the history of the National Hockey League, but you got to worry about yourself and where you're going because you're part of a losing team. Yeah. Um, as long as I've been in this business, if you're part of a winning team, you've got a better opportunity of playing in the National Hockey League and the American Hockey League. Okay? If you have two Stanley Cups besides your name in the National Hockey League, you've got more opportunity to play other people, play in other teams because you played on winners. You're playing on now what could be uh, one of the worst teams in the history of the Nash, of the of the Philadelphia Flyers. That doesn't bode well when you're looking for people like uh, for players from other teams. You go, yeah. well, hold on. It's not attractive. Be pardon? It's not attractive. No, yep. not at all. You're part of a, a losing situation. You're not a winning situation. So that's not a, uh, it's not a good thing for the individual player. So they've got a lot on their mind. They've got the pressure of trying to do right for the, the Philadelphia fans. They're trying to represent the logo. They're trying to do something that's going to help themselves and right now it's just pro it's like i said it's it's rolling downhill and it can't stop i've seen some uh people on social media and it's almost like gallows humor um say you know maybe one of the things they need to do to to lighten things up is bring coatsy's corner back what, what do you think about a radio version of coatsy's corner to just kind of lighten the mood a little bit uh you know what you did I, some I classic say... bits that Coatsy's Corner was a fabulous, and not because I was involved with it. The concept was great because it was educational, it was humorous, it was historical. And the guys that we had on, like every one of them, like the quiet guys, the loud guys, the funny guys, we brought the best out of them. It was showed to the fans about yep. what they were truly like. Yeah, they had fun. I had fun. And um, the, the business has changed a little bit. I don't know if it's possible to do something that again. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if I can skate anymore. You can skate. You can uh, still skate after your surgery and everything. You look good. You lost some weight. You look healthy. Well, spry nice you can you skate say. that's very nice of you to say <laughs> <laughs> no you look good you've rebounded from the surgery well how you feel yeah i was very lucky i'm very very lucky um um scary though but, right be pardon it was scary though right oh well yeah i mean anytime you have something like that but i got full support i had a lot of support from the organization and and timmy saunders was great i mean uh it, it was all my friends, it was great, but it's not something you'd want to go through to lose weight. No, no, it's not the desired path. Weight Watchers or uh, bypass, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, yeah, we're going to have quadruple bypass. I'll talk to you next week. Everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, Tim was keeping us all updated. I know he was talking to Lynn, your wife, and everything, and uh, we were constantly getting updates on on how your you know surgery went and your recovery, which was great. Uh, and it's great that you're back and, and feeling better and you're Thank back you. often again. All that, you got a tea time today, as a matter of fact. I got a tea time today. Well, you know what? You got it. My wife doesn't want me home, so I got to go out. 
That's now right. I got to explain something to you. Okay. We've been objectively talking about this hockey club. I think that myself as a color analyst, is it hard to keep it, keep it fresh and keep it like we got this coming and we got that happen. This is the hardest year I've ever had yeah. in trying to make it sound rosy. And I think you get to a point where anybody like yourself, myself, is that you've you, you got to tell what's going on. Yeah. You've got to give your opinion. And when it's great, we talk about how great they are. When it's bad, we can't, you can't put a bow on it right now. No. This is not possible. And I just want you to know that I, I, I love all these guys. I love the coaching staff. I think the general manager is great. And all I think is, is that we're, we're in the dump, but we got an opportunity to regroup. And I still think you can regroup with the majority of this team. I just wanted to say that. The, the big key, Coatsy, to me is, yeah, you're going to have, these things are going to happen in sports. It's, it's what you do after it happens and how you use what happened. You have to find a way to turn uh, a sideways season, a bad season into a positive. They, they have an opportunity. You have to look at it as an opportunity, don't you? To go, okay, this happened. We can't do anything about what has happened, but we got to make sure that we chart a different course and use this opportunity to move forward and be better. I think that really tells you a lot about your players and what you need to do. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think we've got, like, we've got all these analytics guys right now. I, I, I don't know how much they use analytics. Um, everybody I, I would imagine has a different thought process and a different philosophy on it. Uh, but with all the people that we do have, we have the ingredients to making sure the support is there for these players. Um, there isn't anybody in the National Hockey that doesn't know that when you go to Philadelphia, you're treated as good as anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's all part of this package, which which is sad because we do. The players are treated. I'm part of it because I with the players. And this is just one of those years that, as like I said, what can go wrong, it doesn't matter. Your skates are bad. Your stick's bad. Your helmet's soft sideways. I mean, it's it's just a. a it's a tough situation, but if we can get this thing cooking a little bit uh, to be able to show some entertainment, show uh, some initiative to do better, all the different things that people want to see, that's all they want to do. They understand what happened with the injuries. They know mm -hmm. how it got to where it, we got. Now they want to see something to be able to make them feel better about what you just said coming back next year. Yeah, absolutely. You got to leave all this baggage in this season somehow that's right yeah you hope the airline loses your luggage here <laughs> for lack of a better metaphor i don't that, i've never heard of that i hope the airline loses my baggage yeah i don't need that stuff anyway um last thing for you uh when we had tim on one time he was telling the story about how you guys were flying somewhere and you were trying to land at an airport a couple of times you were up with the pilot as a matter of fact a few years ago and the plane had to abort two landings and eventually you went on the, the intercom of the plane, the team plane and said, all right, I've tried it twice now. Now I'm going to let the pilot try it. I it. didn't, I didn't go on the intercom. I walked out of the, the, the cockpit. The cockpit. <laughs> the, I used to sit with the pilots back in the day when you could. Yeah. So we're coming in. It's the last game. We had just flown in from Winnipeg and there's black fog everywhere. Can't see. We come in and I'm sitting between the, I'm in the jump seat between the two pilots and uh, uh, 
they come in and all of a sudden we look out of the black fog and the runway was over here. <laughs> so the guy goes, oh, now what happens when that happens is you've got one beep or one uh, sound that's uh, for traffic and the other one's for altitude. So all you got is this traffic, traffic, altitude, altitude, and all these things are going off screaming. So we go up and we come back around. Now we're coming in and we go over and I all of a sudden we look and we're right over the terminal. Well, this is not going to work either. So now we wing back. <laughs> the one pilot says to the co-pilot, well, listen, I'll tell you what. We come in this time. You, If you see it first, I'll land it. If you, I see it, I'll land it. That's when I got up. I got up. I want out of there because I don't want to be watching this. Yeah. And I went back and I, all the guys were sitting there kind of like, what's going on? I said, I tried to land it twice and I just, I gave up. So I let them do it now. <laughs> That is classic. <laughs> oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. And some of the young players are probably going, is he serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't let me up there anymore. Oh, I don't blame them <laughs> after that experience. Uh, Coatsy, thanks for doing this so much, man. Hit them straight today, all right? I'm yeah, glad you feel I better. Always, and... Jason, anytime. I love talking. I love talking hockey. Yep, you, you guys, and I you both. You do a great job, too. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, there he is, Steve Coach, joining us on Stick to Hockey Live. Thanks, Coatsy. See you. All right, there he is, Steve Coates. Thanks to him for joining us on Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Love talking to Coatsy and uh, great uh, analysis and uh, breaking down what's going on with this team as uh, we lead up to the NHL trade deadline. Who's going to be here a week from today is the question. Wow. Big night on Thursday as Claude Giroux plays 1,000th game against the Nashville Predators. Picked up his 900th point in the game against Montreal last night. That goal uh, that gave the Flyers the 2-1 lead after Konechny gets it to Frost. Frost gets it to Drew in front of the net, and he's able to beat an outstretched Montham ball. Uh, but uh, the Flyers will be back at it coming up on Thursday. So uh, let's wrap up this episode of Park Sportsbook Presents TikTok Live. But let's tell you about Park Sportsbook because this is when you download the app. This is when you put it on your phone. This is when you check it out because you've got college hoops. you got the college tournament. This weekend, starting Thursday, then you also got the remainder of the hockey season into the playoffs, which is always fun. Uh, the remainder of the pro hoop season into the playoffs, which is always fun. Baseball is now on its way back. Uh, they've re reported for spring training, and you got all that action to get on as well. So get the Park Sportsbook app. Check out all the different ways you can bet. Props, parlays, teasers, player performances, live in-game betting. You name it, it's all there for you. Whether you like to bet first to score, exact score, player score, points over, unders, saves, all that stuff in hockey. It's all there for you, and you'll find it very easy to navigate. So just get the app, download it, open it up, uh, create an account, deposit some money, and your first bet will be risk-free up to $500. And again, Tone will join us coming up on Thursday for Tone's Takes. He'll give you good uh, places to put your money. He's been on fire this year, so we'll talk to Tone on Thursday's episode. And uh, check it out. You'll, you'll find the experience very easy. I love the player performances and the different props and things you can do, the things you can combine and get really good payouts on. If you just want to put like a little bet down, a little $5 bet or whatever on something that's got, you know, plus 1200 because you combine a couple of bets. Hey, that that's all good. If it hits, you, you're, you're making real good value on your money. So check it out. It's the Park Sportsbook app. And uh, again, just deposit, open up an account and your first bet risk-free up to $500. No promo required. Make sure you follow Parks on all the social channels at Park Sportsbook on Twitter. Follow them on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram as well. You'll get great daily content from Natalie and Sam and everybody 
uh, that we're uh, putting out content, this podcast included, also uh, G's with Harry and I, and uh, check it out. You will not regret it, and you'll get a great experience and get in on the action with the, the best uh, handicapping and sports action network out there. That is the Park Sportsbook app. So that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. We'll be back Thursday with another one. Tomorrow, another brand new episode of Odd G's with Harry Mays. But everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review as well. And we'll talk to you next time. Coming up on Thursday on a brand new episode of Stick to Hockey Live.